Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're talking about how the bald eagle became a symbol of the United States and why one founding father would have much preferred the turkey. The day was January 26, 1784. In a letter to his daughter, Benjamin Franklin expressed his disapproval of the eagle as America's symbol. The final design for the Great Seal of the United States had been decided a year and a half earlier. It featured the American bald eagle front and center, effectively making the bird, as Franklin put it, the representative of our country. Within a year, patriotic clubs and community groups nationwide had begun adopting the eagle for their own seals and symbols. The bird's newfound pride of place annoyed Benjamin Franklin, who had floated several other options for a national symbol to no avail. But rather than venting his frustrations in public, Franklin put them in a letter to his daughter. Lucky her. The eagle's rise to prominence began on July 4, 1776, the day the U.S. declared its independence from Great Britain. That afternoon, the Continental Congress appointed a three-person committee to come up with a symbol for the new nation. The members assigned to the job were John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and Benjamin Franklin. Each of the men submitted their own proposal for the seal, but their designs were just scenes lifted directly from Greek mythology and the Christian Bible. Adams, for instance, suggested a painting of young Hercules at a crossroad, grappling with the choice between vice and virtue. Meanwhile, Jefferson drew his inspiration from the Bible and submitted an image of Moses and the Israelites being guided through the wilderness by a cloud and a pillar of fire. Franklin followed suit by suggesting a different scene from the book of Exodus. As he wrote in his proposal, the seal would show, quote, Moses standing on the shore and extending his hand over the sea, 
thereby causing the same sea to overwhelm Pharaoh, who is sitting in an open chariot, a crown on his head, and a sword in his hand. Those designs may have appealed to the well-read or to the religious, but they would have made for a pretty cluttered seal, and quite a violent one in the case of Franklin's. It's no surprise, then, that the committee failed, all the proposals were rejected, and Congress decided to table the seal for the time being. Four years later, a second seal committee was formed, but none of its designs were approved either. Nor were the ones submitted during a third committee in 1782. The committee approach clearly wasn't working, so Congress decided to pass the task to a single person, its secretary, Charles Thompson. He incorporated elements from all three committees into his design and submitted the proposal late that year. His written description, which did not include a drawing, referred to the seal's focal point as, quote, an American eagle on the wing and rising proper. Congress immediately accepted the design, and soon the great seal became a popular symbol of the country, as did the bald eagle itself. Benjamin Franklin had not been asked back for the second or third seal committee, and he offered no public commentary on the finalized design of America's emblem. But a year and a half after the seal's adoption, he penned a letter to his daughter, Sarah Brock, in which he gave his full opinion. He broached the subject while remarking on a newly issued medal from the Society of the Cincinnati, a fraternity for veterans of the Continental Army. U.S. representatives were on their way to France to bestow the medals on those who had aided in the American Revolution. The medal depicted, what else, a bald eagle. But as Franklin noted, some people thought the engraving looked more like a turkey. Using the comparison as the jumping-off point, Franklin launched into a scathing critique of the eagle, both as a symbol and as a bird in general. For my own part, he wrote, I wish the bald eagle had not been chosen as the representative of our country. He is a bird of bad moral character. He does not get his living honestly. You may have seen him perched on some dead tree near the river, where too lazy to fish for himself, he watches the labor of the fishing hawk, and when that diligent bird has at length taken a fish and is bearing it to his nest for the support of his mate and young ones, the bald eagle pursues him and takes it from him. With all this injustice, he is never in good case, but like those among men who live by sharping and robbing, he is generally poor and often very lousy. Besides, he is a rank coward. The little kingbird, not bigger than a sparrow, attacks him boldly and drives him out of the district. Franklin would have preferred a national symbol that wasn't a bird. In fact, he had once suggested a rattlesnake, in addition to the scene from Exodus. But if it had to be a bird, he actually thought the turkey was a species more deserving of the honor. He continued his letter, saying, quote, I am not displeased that the figure on the medal looks more like a turkey, for in truth, the turkey is in comparison a much more respectable bird, as well as a true original native of America. Eagles have been found in all countries, but the turkey was peculiar to ours, the first of the species seen in Europe being brought to France by the Jesuits from Canada and served up at the wedding table of Charles IX. He is, besides, though a little vain and silly, tis true, but not the worse emblem for that, a bird of courage, 
and would not hesitate to attack a grenadier of the British guards who should presume to invade his farmyard with a red coat on. Franklin's comments are often used to support the idea that he wanted the national bird to be the turkey. But before we jump to conclusions, there's some important context to consider. For starters, Franklin had ample opportunity to put forward the turkey as a national symbol, but he never did. Additionally, Franklin's detailed takedown of the eagle and his flowery praise of the turkey seem a little over the top. It begs the question of just how serious Franklin was about his argument, especially since he was addressing the comments to his own daughter, rather than to state officials or even to the press. And speaking of that letter, according to the National Archives, Franklin never actually sent it to his daughter, and he may not have ever intended to. Instead, some historians suggest he wrote it as a satire of the Society of Cincinnati. The organization was a hereditary order, only allowing male descendants of Revolutionary War officers and their French allies to join. Apparently, Franklin wasn't a fan of that exclusionary practice and decided to write a mock private letter poking fun at the organization. It's theorized he intended to publish the letter as a supposedly private piece of correspondence that accidentally went public, but he ultimately decided against it, likely because ridiculing a patriotic group could have damaged his reputation. So, where does that leave us? Was Franklin being serious in his letter, or not? I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. His earlier proposal of the rattlesnake included a thoughtful account of the animal's character traits, noting that the snake, quote, never begins an attack, nor once engaged, ever surrenders. Franklin seems to have applied that same thoughtful consideration to both the eagle and the turkey, and while he may have presented his findings for comedic effect, he likely still considered them accurate. In the end, I think Franklin truly believed the turkey had more merits as a national symbol than the bald eagle, but he didn't want either bird to actually be that symbol. Still, it is interesting to think how different the United States might have been if it had embraced the turkey instead of a bird of prey as its symbol. It may not have made the nation any gentler or more self-sufficient, but it would have made the t-shirts you find at gas stations a whole lot funnier. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also drop us a line anytime by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
What are you looking for in a new smart TV? 4K picture quality? High quality and immersive sound? A sleek design? All of those are givens, but only the new Roku Pro series has all of those and the Roku streaming experience. An award-winning OS. Get fast, easy access to all your apps like iHeart, where you can stream all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all day. And regular, all-inclusive trips to Roku City. The new Roku Pro series. A smart TV built by the streaming pros. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 